So, uh, hey, you ready for some for some talk tonight? I was born ready. I certainly had no issues at all getting online and starting this podcast with you. So I'm ready to go. We are going to just pretend that you aren't frustrated as all hell. (laughs) And we're going to talk about politics because that's not going to frustrate the crap out of you, too. Right. No, I feel I I, want to go into politics frustrated and then talk about politics so I can bring like a level of Zen into my life. I mean, that's what it is now, you know, end of January, 2021, it does feel more like Zen, but that's a whole different. Whew. Yeah, yeah, it really does. Um, so uh, my name's Dan, Dad Moyle, and I am the co-host of this sweet little podcast called My America. I uh, am joined by my co-host. Why don't you go ahead and talk about yourself first? Sure, sure. Uh, my name is Kim. I'm a co-host with Dan. Um, I am a, I work in television production and I have a nonprofit on the side where I work, uh, to try and increase voter turnout through education. And yeah, and I'm, I'm Dan, uh, co-host here. I am a marketer professionally. Uh, I'm a dad, I'm a voter, which is fun. Uh, Mm -hmm. I tend over my life have tended to lean right of center, uh, I am much more in the center now, much more independent, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a guy, he, him are my pronouns, uh, Christian, and that's where I'm coming at this from. And I am excited because our podcast three episodes in now, uh, we are talking about what America looks like through our own lenses, mm-hmm. how to have those political discussions without walking away, hating each other. Um, and I, and I feel like this episode, you know, I, I got some feedback from my, my friend, Dan, Dan, Sally, has a podcast called you don't have to yell great show um and he said i like it but i wish you guys would argue more dan dan sally buckle up and welcome to my entire life so far i love arguing with dan dan uh you do such a great job introducing yourself and i neglected to add that i am a uh, pretty far to the left politically so dan and Mm. i speaking of arguments uh, can get into it. Yes. In a loving way, I think. Um, and the other thing too, like, I don't know if this is necessarily all that important, but we do come at all of this too, from, um, a white lens. We are both, uh, white Americans. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and both, um, hetero, uh, Americans. So like, there's a whole bunch of lenses that we look through that maybe don't have everybody's same lens. And so if you're listening, you're like, well, I wish you had this lens, join us shoot us an email, hit us up on social media. And we'd love to have you be a part of the conversation because we're trying to open this up to my America isn't just Dan's or Kim's it's all of ours. And so there you Mm -hmm. go. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And what's that email, Kim? Why don't you go? My America pod, my America pod at gmail.com. And that's who we are on social as well. My America pod. So there you go. Um, So yeah, if we want to argue, what should we talk about today? We, we had on our schedule, this thing of like, how do we get here and some other stuff? But you know what? The hell with it. Let's throw it all to the wind. And what are we going to argue about tonight? Oh, I don't know. I, I'm always prepared to argue with you about anything. <laughs> well, so here's one for you. Um, okay. I've been thinking about this since I was, you know, and this is unscripted, which is really fun. Uh, voter ID is one of those that I think you've got some real passionate opinions about and facts sure. as well. Um, I've got some opinions coming at it from a different point of view, but I'm willing to listen. And I think that's the key here is that I don't, I'm not coming into this thinking I have all the answers and that I'm just going to like convince you. Mm-hmm. I'm coming in knowing that we disagree and I want to listen to understand. That's my first lesson to listeners is that I'm not looking to try and prove Kim wrong. I think we disagree, but I'm willing to at least listen. Yeah. And I 
I think this is going to be a good lesson for listeners and also for me because as soon as he said, I'm not willing to, I'm not trying to prove Kim wrong. My immediate thought was, well, you can't so, <laughs> because the numbers are on my side, but happy to have the argument. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I am, uh, you know, coming into this, this is very unscripted. I had notes for what we, I thought we were going to talk about. Those are gone. We'll put those away. <laughs> We'll do that next time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll put that in the idea file. Um, so, I, but I do want to hear where your head is at with this and, and have a real dialogue about it, a real conversation about it. And, and I think it's why I also think it's important. And, I, and I'm glad that you're up for this and we didn't just like hit stop and start over. So thank you for that, yeah. uh, co-host, co-producer, co-founder. Um, what I think is important is that we're coming out of this election cycle way back in November, but it continued all the way through inauguration day for a whole bunch of shit show reasons. Um, but I think it's important because I heard a lot of people who, you know, even didn't want our incumbent president to continue, but still have this idea that, well, but maybe the voting isn't completely right. And maybe dead people can vote and maybe, and maybe, and maybe there's all these different things. And so it's like, well, how do we stop that? Is our IDs good? And and my thought is voter IDs doesn't seem so bad, right? We have state IDs. I, mm-hmm. I grew up in Southwest Michigan. Um, as soon as I turned 16, I was getting my license. You know, I had taken driver's ed. This was just part of my life. I get my license. I get a job. I start paying taxes. Like this is just how life is. So I never gave a second thought to having an ID. And so to me, it's like, sure, show your ID no big deal or a yeah. voter ID card, just, just the card of like that, that doesn't cost any money. Here's, here's my thing. Um, so I, I would imagine there's different arguments between like photo ID, just a voting card, um, you know, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So anyway, I look at it as not that big of a deal, right? We yeah. want to have less fraud or less chance of fraud, even if there isn't there not that much fraud, which I know is the case, uh, less chance of fraud by showing IDs, Makes sense to me. Why not have voter ID laws? Um, does I mean, yeah. So sure, let's go for it. So my first, I have a couple just like immediate from the jump thoughts. But my first thing that I want to just throw out to you as like a thought experiment is if you know that the rate of fraud by voters, and I want to be really clear, something that I'm really hoping will catch on with our two, honestly, at this point, maybe three listeners. I don't want to mm. be... I don't want to just jump and say, hey, we have three listeners, but let's let's reach for the stars and say we have 50 percent increase. It would be. I I am trying to use the phrase fraud by voters okay? because voter fraud, fraud in the voting system exists in larger scale ways. Fraud by voters, individual voters, very, very small numbers, which, you know, you and I have talked about it. It's like point zero 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 one seven, something like that. I can't remember the exact number right off the top of my head. Um, we'll be posting that on social media for sure, though. So by the time this episode comes out, you'll see that on social media. Um, but the the rate of fraud is that you have to go, I'm sorry, not six, five zeros. You have to go five zeros beyond the decimal before you even hit a digit. That's how below the number even 1% is. And this is looking at elections, looking at general elections, looking at midterm elections, looking at presidential elections, looking at primaries throughout the entire country, adding all of those votes up 
and every case of fraud up in or fraud by voters up, including accidental fraud, as in I didn't know that mm. I couldn't vote because of my parole didn't allow me to vote or anything like that. I didn't know. Mm. Um, even after all of that, it still doesn't even get you to 1% of fraud by voters. So if you know that the rate of fraud is so low, my question to you would be, what is the point? What is a voter ID supposed to be protecting? I think it's I think it's less about protecting the the against fraud by voters and more just letting people feel safe. Is so my like why why is it a big deal? Get an ID. States give them for free or very cheap. Um most of us have we have to have an ID in order to, you know, buy buy alcohol or cigarettes. We have to have it for credit cards quite often. When in like, you know, who doesn't have a credit card other than fans of Dave Ramsey? Apparently, um, why not just like you need an ID for so much? Why not have it for voting? Is, is it that big of a deal? Let us all feel safe that we know that we just have federal ID. I I think I wish that people would feel secure in their elections by seeing and believing this rate, how low the rate of fraud by voters is. That in itself should be a sign that it works, a system works. Fraud by voters really has never changed the outcome of an election. Very rarely occurs at all. Often it is caught. There are a lot of fail-safes already built into our election system. And and by the way, for anybody that's listening and like, uh, just gripping the steering wheel so, so tight, hoping that we're going to talk about what we're really going to talk about when we talk about voter IDs. I'm going to get there, but let me just play out a scenario of why can't we look at the incredibly low rate of fraud by voters as proof that we perhaps don't need further protection. You know, in North Dakota, they don't even register to vote. They just show up and vote. Seriously? Yeah. How many, like, how, how There's do you like even seven know? people in the state? <laughs> they <laughs> I mean, know everybody. Right. Um, but like, how, like, how do you know who's voted, who hasn't voted then? Do they have to put their names on it? Like, how does that, I don't understand how that it can even, I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. They sign, they sign off. It, it's literally because they, they know the people in their area. So they just, yeah, I know, I know Dan voted already. He signed a piece of paper. There he is. Dan lives here. Why would Dan be, you know, across the state trying to vote. Obviously, Dan doesn't live over there. That's too far for him to drive, so it would be weird if he was voting over there. That's such a, I, I can't wrap my head around that. So, okay, but but let's say that's... Okay, so we might say, well, that's North Dakota. Everybody knows everybody, and there's, you know, a much smaller population there. What about New York mm-hmm. City? What about all the, the hundreds of thousands of dead people who voted that I heard about? Or what about that? You know, I saw that one person, you know, somebody I know said had a dead person vote. Or, like, those things that happen in more populated areas... Just have IDs and take care of it. So let's talk about your experience getting an ID. You turned 16 and got your driver's license right away. What did you have to do to get your driver's license? Took driver's ed from my school. How much money did that cost? Well, this was 25, almost 30 years ago, probably. Uh, It was nothing. You're so old. I am so seasoned and wise, is (laughs) what I am. Uh, I mean, (laughs) it was years and years ago. And so it cost nothing. Now, I have two daughters and one of them just took driver's ed. One has just signed up and it's a couple hundred dollars for driver's ed, okay. which like, so, so let me say this real quick, if I could, um, it, like I, I, 
I think I know where you're going. Not everyone can afford that. Agreed. However, states have just state IDs and didn't do my research beforehand. So I'll admit that right now. But from what I remember having these discussions with people, a state ID is like 10 bucks. And and that's fine. Now, what do you need to get your state ID? Uh, I would assume a birth certificate. There's a million reasons that somebody would not have a hard copy of their birth certificate. Um, and it can vary from they lost it to they were born before everybody was given a birth certificate because they're 90 and still deserve to take place in our democracy. Um, it could be because they're from New Orleans and they lost literally everything in a flood. It could be, uh, it, there's, there's a million reasons. And it's not up, up to us to decide whose reason is good enough to deserve to vote and like overlook not having these things that you need to get an ID. These are things that are preventing people from being able to, they're barriers that are specifically put in place to be able to prevent you to, from voting. So let me say this then. I mean, when you say these things are put into place to keep people from voting, like I, I, I have a hard time understanding that because, you know, I, we need to have certain, you know, documents or whatever to get an ID because we don't want just anybody getting as many IDs as they want and saying, oh, yeah, my name is, you know, whatever we, I want it to be. Um, so you've got to have certain things in order to prove that. So I, I don't look at that through my lens of my America as keeping people oppressed. Sure. Right. You've got to have certain things in order to get an ID because it's maybe a little bit of a privilege, but also just because we don't want everybody just having as many IDs as they want. That doesn't feel to me like it's oppressing others and keeping them from voting. You, you know. If, if you want to vote, which is everyone's right, can it also be a privilege? I guess maybe that's where I'm struggling is that if I think of it as everybody's right, gosh, I don't know. Maybe that's where I'm struggling, Kim. I, I think those two words are very important in this discussion about voter IDs. Voting is a right. That's now. So let's go back to George Washington being elected president with 6% of voters being able to cast a ballot because back then only land-owning white men could cast a vote. Since then, every other person besides a land-owning white man has had to fight for their right to vote. And so uh, people are seeing their voice, your vote is your voice. People are seeing that in in their minds shrink more and more and more uh, as we edge ever closer to becoming a minority majority country. People are perhaps looking and and worrying that their voice is going to be diminished in that as more people are able to jump in with their own vote. Now, now we have a party who I'm going to take kind of a big swing here and say that a lot of the way that the Republicans currently right now today operate is by just wanting to get their own stuff passed, not necessarily for the good of the majority, not necessarily even for the good of the state in which they were elected, but to help their own self, their own career. Uh, So they are willing to pass legislation that prohibits people from going up to the ballot. They want people to think that voting is a privilege because it was not a given 
it was just uh, now. Now, I'm not going to say it's 100 percent of Republicans do this. Zero percent of Democrats do this. However, if you just are looking at the numbers, that is what's happening is that one party is trying to diminish voters rights and one party is trying to elevate the ability to or the ease with which people can vote. So I guess that's where you, you're, you've got me. Okay. Because I, I just now, like going into this discussion, so full transparency for listeners, going into this discussion, I didn't think I was all that different from where Kim's coming from. I, but what I did think is this is where I've come from in the past, and I still hold on to some of this. But just now, that right versus privilege slap me upside the face i saw it happen cold dead fish i really saw right. it happen i'm so glad you're recording the video i think we have to put the video on social media because i watched it happen was like ah, <laughs> i got him for it yeah <laughs> for the then if, if we're gonna do that then everybody watching i'm in my cousin's craft room that's not my home so the bed you see behind me is a bunk bed for a <laughs> young girl and then I, yeah, anyway, so this is not my normal room. Um, no, but yeah, that, yeah, oh my gosh, seriously, right versus privilege. Mm -hmm. Maybe it should be a right and a responsibility. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be a privilege. Mm -mm. It is our privilege as free Americans to vote. Absolutely. But every one of us needs to be able to vote. Okay. Yeah. Man, son of a bitch. That's really good. I genuinely thought coming into this conversation that like we would disagree a little bit, but it wasn't, it wasn't going to be a softball thing of like, Kim and I actually secretly agree. We're just trying to get, <laughs> I genuinely thought we'd have some, some disagreement on this, but seeing it through that lens opened it up for me. And so, so then what about things like, you know, the, the discussions about, um, you know, if, if you're imprisoned, if you're in prison right now, should you be able to vote? If you're a felon who is, an, uh, who is out and free should you be able to vote so like i look at it like this okay coming from where i am right now if you've if you've been in, in prison you're now out you're a contributing member to society you are probably you know trying to get a job you're working it may be really hard for you as, a, as someone with a felony on your record mm -hmm. to get a job but like you're doing your thing and even if you're not totally doing your thing you're still a free american right mm -hmm. you are a hundred percent you should have a voice and so you should be able to vote and it shouldn't be tied to your past and what you owe the state and everything else. Cause that's a poll tax. And that's, that's illegal. Mm -hmm. Florida. That was ruled a poll tax. And they still right. were like, yeah, they went, we know we're, that's why we're doing it. We're going to continue yeah. on. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, but what about, what about those in prison? What about if you don't have air quotes papers? What if, you know, your, your parents, weren't able to get you. I mean, everybody has a birth certificate, I guess. I don't know. I just feel like there are people who are going to fall through the cracks who maybe aren't going to have that opportunity, but they need to because they're mm -hmm. citizens. And it's just so important. And anyway, and I think, no, 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 no. I, I, I think you've once again have picked up on the absolute perfect word to, to talk about here. Citizenship. With your future cousin-in-law, Baratunde's podcast, by the way. Citizen. How to citizen. How to citizen with Baratunde. He... My gosh, amazing he, show. He, it, it's fantastic. He is we need so him on. we do need him on. I also have such a crush on him, so we can absolutely bring him on. I'm not gonna lie. Dude's smart, attractive, and that just like his his voice and just like yes. 
we're gonna fight yeah. over them, and that's fine. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I don't think I don't think Sonya would approve. She's gonna let you have them. So probably, fine. probably. Um, so there are a couple things. Uh, you know, there are a lot of people still. Have you read the book Educated? Uh, no. I'm gonna put it on my Goodreads as my list of books to read this year. Uh, just continues to grow. Is that Tara Westover? Yeah, yeah. It is okay. great, and you'll read it so fast because her story is fascinating. Uh, but she talks about how she was born with all of her or most of her siblings were born without birth certificates and her family really tries to live off the land. Now, some of the stories and that's not a lifestyle that I, that appeals to me. It's not a lifestyle that I would want to be a part of. Like they live off the grid. You mean off the grid? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. No, I just I'm trying to follow along like why yeah. they wouldn't have birth certificates because they want to they be, live like, off, off the, the grid. grid. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So she then wanted to go to school and do all the things that require birth certificates, and it was very difficult for her to get one. Um, so there's that. You have people that were are born off the grid. That's not their choice. That's their parents' choice that they're making for them. It becomes a barrier to be able to get it. So there's that. Um, and then as far as people in prison. If, if we could say right now, you and I agree that, yes, once you are out of prison, out of jail, even I, I think, and I don't know if you mentioned parole, but I think even when you're on parole, and actually this just came up here in California, I voted, yeah, absolutely. If you're on parole, you should still be able to vote because the point of parole is to be reintroduced into society. And a very big part of that is... Casting a ballot, being a voice in the way that your your local, you know, incredibly, incredibly uh, local politics all the way up to presidential politics works. You deserve to have a voice in that. Um, so I think everybody on parole should have the ability to vote. If you and I could sit here and say that we know for sure every single person currently incarcerated is guilty. The United States has created a system where there's no doubt ever, we never jail an innocent person. We know that. Then I would agree, or not agree, because I don't think you said either way. Uh, I, I would say that you lose your privileges to vote when you're in jail. Unfortunately, that's not the case here in America. And in fact, we jail at higher rates black men than anybody else here in, our, here in America. And we jail people of color at higher rates than white Americans across the board. But in every, in, if you look at all the stats, we are jailing black men at much higher rates. The barriers that are put in place to prevent people from voting are also most often put against black people voting. That is, the, that is who is most often hurt by things like a voter ID law, Things like um, smaller windows, when you can vote, early voting, shrinking, early voting, uh, only working Monday through Friday, not on the weekends, all that kind of stuff. So because of that, I, you know, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. I think that for me, I, I struggle with the idea that we're going to say no to um, incarcerated people voting only because I know that we do jail so many innocent people. We jail people for 
we basically jail people for being poor because they can't afford their bail. It's earlier this week, you tweeted something and I responded back and cash bail, which I think we should because we're jailing people yeah. now for just not being able to afford the bail. Um, and then the other thing is that America was founded with a couple different beliefs, but one of key among them was no taxation without representation. Don't tax me if I can't have a voice in what those taxes are being used for. Yeah. But we jail innocent and by the way, non-innocent. We jail guilty people as well. Um, and if we could pick and choose, but, but what are they guilty? Of? You know, it comes to what's, what's, what is a crime worth taking away one of the core founding pieces of our country? You know what I mean? So then yeah. that's like a difficult, that's a much bigger philosophical conversation. Um, but we, so we're jailing people, innocent or not, and then we're having them do manual labor for, you know, 30 cents a day. They're going to be taxed. Shouldn't they have a vote in how their taxes are being used? No taxation without representation. And that's, th this is something that I struggle. I, 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 for me, voter ID is like a black and white thing. There, there is no middle ground for me. I do not believe that we need voter, voter IDs. I'm willing to have the conversation, but I'll be completely transparent with you that the idea for me of having the conversation is to learn your thoughts on it. And then he used it against you um, because I feel so, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, this is almost, in, almost entirely what my grad school education was based on was increasing voter turnout and voter IDs. Um, is there, um, I just so go back and forth on, on the jailing thing is. It. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I, and I want to talk about that too, because I, I think I, I had, I had a thought on that about when you said, if you can guarantee that no innocent people are ever jailed and, and, and real quick, maybe we can get back to that. But my, my, my thought is it's a system built by people run by people. It'll never be perfect. Exactly. So what do we do now? Put a pin on that one though. Yeah. Um, I want to come back to the, the, the idea about, about voter IDs. Is there, is there some kind of a middle ground that we can have that, Again, I think it goes back to helping people feel and, and because because perception is reality and because we just, again, came through this election cycle where ridiculous allegations that have been proven to be wrong are still mm -hmm. believed for some ever loving reason. <laughs> mm -hmm. Is there a middle ground where we can say, OK, you know what? It doesn't cost any money to get a Social Security card. Can we have IDs that cost zero money? Can we have some kind of a, a voter card that includes a photo id somehow like is there something we can do to have a middle ground where you know because i think about it this way social security cards don't cost us any money you just get it automatically when you're born basically right they give us a number when we're born mm -hmm. um and so the government already has that can there be something where a voter id maybe it includes a photo as well can be given to every single person in our country so that we can vote and then people can feel safe. Like, I don't know. I just, because, because here's the thing, I feel like, you know, your argument earlier about, well, the, the, the numbers of fraud by voter is so insignificantly low that what's the point, right? Mm -hmm. If it's, if it's essentially never going to happen, what's the point? And I understand that. 
but not everybody's going to understand that or agree with it or feel good about that. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah. But, and so is there an answer to that of like, how, how do we make them feel better so that they're not coming back two years from now midterms going, see, we told you voter fraud. And you're like, no, it's not. <laughs> so, so let's talk about the practical, the practicality of that idea, the voter ID fraud, or sorry, the voter ID card. I'm going to, let's put a pin in what we're going to, what we need to do to make these people feel better. Let's put a pin in that entire idea, idea, and just look at voter ID cards. Okay. That's fine. If the government can say, we're going to go to every single person's house at, a, at, in theory, no cost to you, even though obviously this comes out of our national budget. So this does come out of your taxes. Uh, we're going to go to every single person's house and we're going to take a photo of you and create an ID card for you. That's for voting. Um, I would really love to hear everybody who says there's voter fraud and we need photo IDs uh, be okay with this because they say we need IDs. This is fraud. This election was rigged out of one side of their mouth and my liberties over the other. So I'd really love to hear them say they're fine with their own tax dollars creating IDs for every single person in the country and putting their photo into a government database. Would love to be in the room when they try and make the argument, though. <laughs> <laughs> that's You know what? I like that's Yeah. But fine. Yeah. Whatever. If if. OK, let's say we could do that. Let's say somehow that passes. OK, I, I think. There's no need for it, but, you know, it seems logistically difficult because you're just going to have to continue to do it every single time somebody turns 18 in some states, 17 in other states, 16 in some states, because some some there are states like Ohio where 16 year olds can vote in municipal elections. So you're not just saying 18 across the board. You're saying, well, in California, if you're going to be 18 for the general, you can vote at 17 for the primary. Uh, same in, you know, in Georgia, if you are 17, turn, you know, there's all these different things. You can 17 turn 18, you can register at 17 to be able to vote when you're 18, all that kind of stuff. So um, I, I think logistically, it sounds like a headache, but you know, if, if that's something that's going to make people feel better, but I also, you know what, I, I'm really sorry. I, I think of myself as being a kind and empathetic person. And I look forward to you, Dan, one day seeing that side of me. But I don't um, necessarily want to make somebody feel better because they're looking at the sky and trying to convince me that it's pink. I know it's blue. Everybody is telling you it's blue because you think it's pink does not mean that I need to spend my tax dollars to get you different sunglasses. That's fair. Because, and by the way, if we get everybody an ID, they'll find another way to complain about the midterms. I'm sorry things didn't go your way. You cannot blame, you, you can't just make up reasons. It's time for right. parties that are losing to, if, if a, a party is losing because people are turning out to vote and not voting for them, they need to turn inward instead of yeah. lashing out. Yeah. I'm I don't understand how this, so this maybe isn't even about voter ID, but the idea that, well, it was fraudulent 
and yet I won, but a different race on that same exact ballot didn't win. Wait a minute. <laughs> it's This is not like picking names out of a hat where they Gosh. stuffed a bunch of names. Like, that doesn't work. You dum-dums. Anyway. The um, mental gymnastics that these yeah. people are going through, like Josh Hawley, to to explain to their constituents the people that they work for josh you you work for these people you need to go have town halls with these people in theory not that you i can't see a scenario like he's not gonna have town halls but he should be and he needs to explain to people why one part of the ticket of of the ballot was fraudulent but the other wasn't and also please go vote for me again right no josh and and by the way Real quick, listeners, when I say dum-dums, number one, it's meant to be kind of funny. Also, I'm talking about these politicians, the constituents themselves, the voters themselves, the people that I know personally. Mm-hmm. You're not dum-dums. Mm-mm. Unfortunately, you've, you know, if you believe that what you're being told, you know, you're, you're believing something that's not true and and you've, you know, been taken. And I'm sorry. Please look at the logic and in, in I love you. Um, but it's the the ones who are purporting this and shouting it from the rooftops and they have the responsibility and the data behind it that shows them that they're wrong, that are doing it to dismantle our democracy. And that pisses me off to no end because mm-hmm. um, they're yeah. abusing their power and they're abusing their, their voters and constituents. So they're the dum-dums. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also just like that word. It just <laughs> sounds funnier. It's um, good. Anyway. Um, I, <sighs> there Go is a really important conversation to be had when we talk about voter IDs and I don't, want to not have it because the show is called my America. And at the top of the show, you very clearly um, said that our, our America as white heterosexual cisgender folks looks very different than a lot of other uh, Americas for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Voter ID laws. I call them poll taxes because you should not have to pay money to cast a ballot in this country free and fair elections free yeah i I get that yeah Uh, (laughs) studies have shown time and time again that these voter id laws hurt people of color in our country and i i just want to i mentioned it when we were talking about uh the way that we incarcerate here in this country but i also just really really want to be clear that like we're having a really big picture about voter ids and i think that conversation that you and I are are having is really important. This is a conversation that I hope is having all over the country with, with white folks trying to understand what's the problem, just what's the problem with getting an ID. It's not always easy for non-white people here in this country. And it is made specifically not easy. And I just really want to, again, like, you know, we've talked about it a couple of times that I really, really want to just spend a minute saying the quiet thing out loud when people talk about voter IDs, when people enact voter ID laws, why they are enacting it. Just the other day in Georgia, in the pilot, I said, Brad, Brad Rathensberger shouldn't like, we're lifting this guy up for doing the literal bare minimum, just saying he doesn't want to commit a crime. And then an, election, an elections official in Georgia this week said, we got to roll back these things because otherwise Republicans are not going to win anymore. <laughs> these barriers are put in place to prevent people from voting. The Voting Rights Act gave us 
a lot of great things. You know, I the Voting Rights Act is vital. We need it. We need parts of it brought back in because in 2013, a very important piece of the Voting Rights Act was kicked out by the Supreme Court. We got to bring that section back in, Section 4, the Voting Rights Act, which says that it's basically was the way that states and a few counties that were the troublemakers um, prior to 1965, as far as doling out voting rights, states like um, Georgia, Texas, Alabama, those kind of places, um, they had to, if they want to change their voter, voting laws, because they had been discriminatory in them, they have to mm-hmm. go to the Supreme Court. They have to take it. They can't just do it within the state. They have to do it nationally. And mm-hmm. in 2013, that was judged, well, we don't need that anymore. Nobody's being racist in their voting laws anymore. Let's take it out. Ruth Bader Ginsburg said, it's like throwing away your umbrella in a rainstorm because you are not getting wet. We threw it away. That day, that day, Attorney General turned Governor Greg Abbott implemented voter ID laws in Texas. He couldn't get the voter ID laws passed before because the Supreme Court said this is a discriminatory act that with precision, surgical precision, discriminates. The day that that section was taken out of the, uh, the VRA, they bring it in. So we need to bring back the Voting Rights Act. And what we need is the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, which I can see happening here shortly uh, and passing through both houses and being signed by now President Biden. But I just want to make sure that we're at least spending a minute acknowledging what we're really taught, what what should be really talked about when we talked about voter IDs. Uh, just to put a button on it. I said surgical precision. I was pulling a quote from North Carolina where the U.S. Supreme Court said that North Carolina's strict voter ID law, uh, the United States Supreme Court said that it targets African-Americans with, quote, surgical precision. That's a voter ID law. Mm. And and I feel passionate about it. Yeah, I can. I remember when that, you know, in the last couple of years here, I've read a couple of different times about the striking down of the Voters' Rights Act that that section four. And I just, I just don't, I just don't understand, you know, when we started this conversation about voter IDs and or ha- having to have an ID in order to vote, you know, I, I was, was kind of in the middle, obviously I've had some, some, some new information and some new realization. And I think it's really important that in these discussions to be able to sit down, shut up and listen, <laughs> <laughs> um, and maybe just to be open to it. Um, you know, but, but I can remember over the last couple of years hearing that talked about and just being appalled about it like why would we get rid of those statures when we know you know that anyway yeah yes i agree um thank thank you for helping me understand that a little more and for being you know for for being direct but not being like mean about it you know what i mean because like i mean i think that's important i think that's something that we have lost in the last few years here Mm -hmm. um because not because of both sides because of one side, because of one person who constantly belittled and tore down and made it okay to just be mean yeah. and other things. Um, and so we've lost that civil discourse and I think it's important to bring it back. Um, I, I, I can't stand the idea that can't talk about politics and religion at the dinner table. Like, no, we should, we should, we absolutely should. I want to. And if we disagree, <laughs> right. And if we disagree, it's okay to disagree. Mm-hmm but be respectful. 
I mean, that's the thing. Like, anyway. Um, so yeah, so thank you for that. And I think, I think where I'm coming around to is, um, I don't know exactly what the answer is. I may not be as far down the path as you are about like, and I don't, I don't know that you're there. I don't know that this is the case. Just let everybody vote. Just like, don't even check them. Just let them come in and vote as many times as they want or whatever. Like there has to be. <laughs> vote early right? and vote often. That's what <laughs> right, I always right? say. <laughs> <laughs> but like, there, you know, there has, there has to be systems in place. We, we agree on that. I would guess. Yeah. And course. there are systems in place. Yeah. Um, but, but it is everyone's right to vote. Uh, it is our privilege as free Americans to vote. And we are all free Americans. Mm-hmm. No taxation without representation is very important to continue to uphold today. Um, I liked how you framed the, you know, since white land owning male uh, Americans, everyone else has had to fight for that vote. Mm-hmm. And so... Like, yeah, we just, we need to not have to fight to vote. We need to be able to just vote. And so I, I give that up absolutely hundred percent. Let's, let's, let's have everybody vote. Um, yeah. yeah. So good discussion. Good discussion. I mean, I, I just feel, I don't know, super passionate about it because it does all kind of come back to the way that we have so slowly doled out civil rights here in this country and then uh, swiftly and unequally yank them back and you know a voter id is such a simple thing but there's a woman who was put in jail for five years she may be out right now because her court case is in limbo um because she didn't know that she couldn't vote she didn't know she couldn't vote while she was on probation and and that's what is that what what are we doing here and i think that that's how i feel about voter ids too yeah. I mean, if you're on probation, you're out of prison. You are no longer incarcerated. You are contributing to society or trying to, and it's probably not always easy. Um, mm-hmm. You, you uh, yes, vote. You have a We're say, you it, have a voice. Yeah. We're making it hard enough for our fellow Americans who are on parole to get their life back. Why are we making them feel like this entire country doesn't even want them to be a part of it? Right. Yeah. Yep. Oh, Kim, good stuff. That was fun. So Dan, Sally, I hope you're listening. And uh, that was a good argument. I love an argument. I love having these conversations. That I mean, you and I have had conversations like this a lot of times. I look forward to more conversations as the podcast goes on. Um, when it's stuff I don't feel... I feel like I'm questioning more. You know, I've come to a place in my life where I really feel like it would take a a really big change for me to change my look at voter IDs, but I'm certainly willing to hear other points of view for sure. Uh, But I look forward to having more conversations where I don't know how I feel and, and can be, you know, can listen to you a little bit more. No, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so listeners go to follow us on social Twitter and Instagram, my America pod. Uh, you got feedback. You want to be on the show. You want to bring your lens of your America of our America to us. Uh, my America pod at gmail.com. Kim, where can uh, listeners find you and tell you how amazing you were at shutting me down <laughs> <laughs> or tell me, dear Kim, we hate you. You're wrong. <laughs> Uh, they can go to, I hope they don't, but ladies on the internet, you know, me too, me too. Be nice. 
Be nice to my sister. Uh, you can find me at Kim Moffat, M-O-F-F-A-T. I've worked on how, how to spell my name, so I've kind of nailed it that time. <laughs> uh, at Kim Moffat on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you. I worked on it. Uh, Dan, where can people find you on the old internet? Yeah, so I'm at Dan Moyle, M-O-Y-L-E, Twitter, Instagram. You can find me all the other ones too, but those are the two that I'm active on a lot. Um, yeah, great stuff. And make sure you continue to listen to us. Uh, new episodes every Thursday. Uh, and by the way, I don't think it really matters all that much, but I still, I still like to ask for it. If you're enjoying it, leave us a review yes. on Apple Podcasts. It uh, matters big time because that's how people find us. I mean, that's what they say, but then I also read that it does, that, that that algorithm doesn't really work that way. So who knows? But I like reading them. Okay. Um, and if you really hate the show, leave a really bad one because I like to laugh at those too. <laughs> and we'll use that for uh, marketing. So anyway, no, but leave us a review, uh, a nice little rating. We appreciate that. Um, it's mm -hmm. good to show our parents that we're doing something in the world, see people like us. 